This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is hit well in a center field. That one's carrying out at center. It's out of here! Oh, Johnny with a pinch hit home run! At the plate is Mike Trout, the pitch on its way, it's blasted out to dead center field! Out of here! Ball gets away! He's gonna break for the plate! Ball game is over! The Angels with a walk-off win here in the bottom of the ninth inning! This is the Angels Recap Podcast, a review of the past week in Angels baseball. Here's your host, Trent Rush. Hey, what's going on? Welcome to the Angels Recap Podcast. My name is Trent Rush. Excited to be with you here as the Angels get set to wrap up this penultimate road trip uh, that they are on right now. Three-city trip that ends uh, against the White Sox here this week. And then uh, the final homestand of the season set to begin this weekend. We're hoping to see you out at the Big A for that. Should be lots and lots of fun uh, here at Angel Stadium. One last chance, I guess ten last chances uh, here on this final homestand to see the Angels here in 2021. There's a lot we want to get to here on this podcast today, but of course we have to start with Shohei Otani. And the first thing I want to address is I understand that there is a movement right now nationally of people talking about the impact that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has had on the AL East race and the fact that Toronto is surging into being a playoff team and that he's passed Shohei Otani in home runs. Okay, I understand all of that. But I want to squash this right here, right now. I said it three weeks ago. I'll say it again at this very moment. Shohei Otani is going to be the MVP. He doesn't have to throw another pitch. He doesn't have to take another swing. He's the MVP. It has been that historic of a season. And when did all of a sudden, did we need to see Shohei Otani lead all of baseball in home runs for him to be the MVP? Like, in my mind, Otani could finish 10th in homers and be the MVP. For a long time, that was just the icing on the cake. And I understand that here in the second half, Otani has not put up the same numbers. He's faded. There's no question about that. But I would also say that I don't know how related this is to being in the Home Run Derby. I think that the All-Star Game, the Home Run Derby was special. I think the reason why we haven't seen Shohei be the same is, is a couple of reasons. I think, one, we he has not had the same protection in the lineup. I think that that is no small thing. I think that if Shohei Otani had the protection that he should have, I think we'd be talking about him in a different light. I also think that Shohei Otani is probably really tired. There has to be a fatigue element. This guy has done something that is unprecedented in this sport. I know there are comparisons to 1919. Don't give me that. What Shohei is doing here in 2021 is far greater than what the Babe did in 1919. It's not particularly close. The demand that is on Shohei Otani and the way that he has executed against this competition Shohei Otani has put together one of the greatest seasons of all time. 
And Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is checking all the boxes, right? He is checking all of the boxes for what you would want in an MVP candidate. I mean, if he ends up with the Triple Crown and leads Toronto to the playoffs, he's going to get some votes. It's not going to be unanimous for Shohei, but there are still baseball writers out there, and, and Jeff Passan of ESPN is one that is a big proponent of this. John Heyman has said this too. The national media is saying the same things that we're saying here. This is not me just spewing Shohei Otani propaganda. Absolutely not. I tip my cap to the season that Vladimir Guerrero Jr. has had and is having this year. It's phenomenal. And I would say that there is a little bit of injustice in the world if you do get the Triple Crown and are not the MVP. The problem for Vladdy Jr. is he ran into one of, if not the greatest seasons of all time in what Shohei Otani has done here in 2021. It doesn't matter if he gets to 10 wins. It doesn't matter if he gets to 50 home runs. doesn't matter if he gets to 30 stolen bases. The body of work right now is so incredible, so unprecedented, that he's already got this thing in the bag. That's the way I see it. Now, I don't think it's going to be as unanimous as it was three weeks ago. I, I think that Otani, you know, being in a second-half slump here, I, I do think that that is going to weigh at least some in the minds of some voters. But Otani still got this thing. I, I got no question, um, no doubt in my mind about that for Shohei Otani. This season has been that spectacular for Otani. Just wanted to get that out of the way, right out of the gate. Uh, by the way, you want to know who's impressed by Shohei Otani this year? Oh, how about Time Magazine? They just named him one of the 100 most influential people in the world. I mean, all due respect to Vladdy Jr. And what a year it has been for him. I, I don't want anything to come across as any kind of Vladdy Jr. slander. I love that guy. And certainly love what his dad meant to this organization for a long time. I, I wish Vladdy Jr. all the success in the world. I hope he continues to have a great season. I hope he does get the Triple Crown. He's just not going to be the MVP because of what Shohei has done this year. It's been that special what Otani has done. And I hope that you've had a chance to get to the Big A to appreciate that. There's only a couple more chances left to come see Shohei Otani, especially see him pitch you got to go do it. If you haven't done it yet, do everything you can to try to go see him. But Time Magazine named Shohei Otani one of their icons uh, in their annual 100 uh, most influential list. It was pretty cool to see Alex Rodriguez, <laughs> ironically, A-Rod of all people, it was the one that wrote the passage. Um, he says, called him the modern-day Bambino, um, you know, except uh, he's stealing more bags and he's hitting a lot of home runs and throwing 100 miles an hour. Uh, I like this comparison. He's got the power of Bryce Harper, the pitching of Max Scherzer, and the speed of Trey Turner. That's what Alex Rodriguez said about Shohei Otani. And then added, not only is he incredible on the field, but off the field, he's a gentleman. His teammates have only good things to say about Shohei, and he is great with the media and fans, too. You can tell he's a hard worker from his improvement year to year and his vertical jump increase to the career year he's put together in 2021. I, I mean, hey, I've not said this many times in my life, but Alex Rodriguez, you are spot on right there. That's a really good take right there in the uh, Time Magazine 100 uh, influential list. Pretty spectacular that Shohei Otani is a part of that. He's put together something that's unprecedented and done so that's gripped the attention 
of two countries that are fascinated to see what Shohei Otani is going to do at any given moment. Shohei Otani has put together one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen. And who's to say that it's ever going to happen again? But there are a series of things that we have learned this year. And one of those things that I think we've learned here in 2021 is that Shohei is real. And that this is whether the full season of pitching and hitting can be sustainable for 162 games. I still think that that remains to be seen to a degree. But Shohei has come as close as anyone possibly can. And let's also not forget that it was like two full years since he had pitched, you know, before this season. So coming off the arm surgery, I mean, I, I think that in the future we could see Otani have a 150 pitch season. I don't know that we're or 100 innings, 150 innings rather. I don't know that we're ever going to see him get to 200 innings. Um, you know, I, I would like to see maybe at some point in Otani's career he can get to 162 and qualify. Um, you know, for Shohei Otani, it's this year was also you know a pitching year, not only a breakout for him, but he, he's coming off an injury. So let's not for let's let's not take that for granted either. You know, I was going back to a, a hit I did on MLB Network. I was on uh, High Heat with Chris Russo. Uh, this was back in I think it was November when Perry Manassian just got hired. And I was asked a series of questions about what the Angels offseason was going to look like and and some pieces. And, and you know, we had talked about Shohei Otani, and one of the questions I was asked was, well, we know Shohei Otani can hit, but can he pitch? And, it, you know, how's the two-way thing going to go? And I said at the time, and I've said this on podcasts too, I said I, I think that the Angels and Otani are going to give it a year to give it one honest chance to see if this thing can work. Well, I guess it's worked. Otani's been the Angels' best hitter. Otani has been the Angels' best pitcher. That's how good this guy has been in 2021. It's unprecedented. So that was a question mark coming into this season. And Otani has exceeded everybody's expectations. And there's sky-high expectations too. Astronomically high expectations for Shohei Otani. And he has basically doubled that expectation statistically. I mean, we came into this year thinking Otani would, you know, 20 homers and 10 wins was the kind of thing that we were talking about. Well, man, if he could do that, it's the greatest season ever. And what's he at, 45 home runs now, 44 home runs? I mean, th- this thing for Otani, off the charts, what he's been able to put together this season. So that is something that we have learned here in 2021, is that the, the Otani mania, Otani as a star is real. And you know what? We weren't totally sure of that coming into 2021. We had optimism. We had promise. We had seen signs. We had seen moments. We had seen stretches where Otani could be that. But nobody saw this kind of a season coming. I think another thing the Angels have learned here in 2021 is that they have an answer at catcher and at first base. Those are some areas last season that... You know, coming into the year, you really weren't sure. Obviously, the first base dynamic has changed over the course of this year. But really, coming into 2021, Jared Walsh had one good month. I mean, last September, September of 2020, Jared Walsh went on a tear. That was basically all the Angels were going off of before he started this season. And he had a great start to this season, and the rest has kind of been history. And I know that Walsh had a bit of a slump. But, man, he has come out of that really well. You look at his last 13 games, Jared Walsh batting 386, four home runs, 11 RBI, his OPS, 1.210, 1,210. That's his OPS over the last 13 games. 
That's not an insignificant sample size. And nine of his 17 hits in that stretch have been for extra bases. So not only is he hitting home runs, he's hitting doubles too. Jared Walsh at first base is an answer. Max Stassi behind the plate is an answer. So when you're looking at this Angels lineup and you're trying to put together what it's going to be like in 2022 and beyond and think about the core, you know, for me, I'm sitting here today going, man, I can't wait for 2021 to be over because I can't wait for 2022 to start. Seriously, I know it's a long season, but I just think about what this Angels team can be if healthy, man, oh man, get Trout right, get Rendon right, have Otani. Otani doesn't even need to have the season he's had this year. Have half of this season. That's how special Otani's been. I think David Fletcher is an all-star caliber second baseman. Jared Walsh already has been an all-star, and I know that he had a little bit of a slump coming out of the all-star break. But again, those last 13 games, there you go. He's right back at it. Max Stassi is a very good defensive catcher. We've known that about Max Stassi. We've known Stass can be good behind the plate, but he delivers at the plate as well. Max Stassi, to me, is a a top 10 catcher in MLB. Maybe he's higher than that. He might even be higher than that, but he's, he's definitely top 10. He's certainly not below top 10. So you're kind of going around it, and then you think, man, you get Anthony Rendon right. So you got catcher answered, first base answered, second base answered, third base is Rendon. And then at shortstop, you got to figure out what you want to do there. And that's going to be an interesting thing for the Angels to figure out this offseason. So at shortstop, do the Angels decide to not spend very much money and, and go get you know a, a middle to lower tier free agent? Is there an answer internally? I don't know. You got to weigh that. Or do you go out and you spend big money on a shortstop? There's a lot of them out there. Story, Correa. There's going to be a lot of them. Simeon. He's played a lot of second base, I know, but he can play shortstop, obviously. It's going to be interesting to see what the, what the Angels assigned to do with that position because you would just think on the surface level, every extra dollar you have you would think would go towards pitching. But you have to answer the shortstop. I mean, that's one of the most important positions on the field. So you got to figure that out. In the outfield, I think you're seeing the development of guys that can have an impact for a long time. Brandon Marsh, Joe Adele have the possibility to be that. And obviously getting Mike Trout back in the outfield is a game changer. You get Trouty back in the lineup, Trout, Rendon, Otani together. We barely saw it this year. We got just a taste. I mean, still, the Angels, like with their core group, played four games together this year. Four games. How different is this season? I mean, for this White Sox series, we keep seeing flashbacks to the first week of the season and how much optimism there was with this Angels group when they took three of four against Chicago to begin the year. And that was with uh, your mean Mercedes going crazy for the Sox at the time. We go back to that and go, man, oh man, what this season could have been. I think we've also learned that while the pitching has not been good enough, it does look like there could be some help on the way. Guys like Reed Detmers, Chris Rodriguez, Jose Suarez, those are names to me that are interesting that could have an impact moving forward. And I think we've also seen starting pitchers that might be able to have an impact in the bullpen. Like the Angels, they draft 20 for 20, all pitchers. Not every single one of them necessarily has to be a starter. You know, Packy Naughton could be somebody that goes to the bullpen. 
We haven't even really talked about Griffin Canning. Get Griffin Canning right. He can be somebody that can help you in this rotation. I'm not saying he's a friend guy, but Griffin Canning can help. Get that guy back. Jaime Berea, maybe he ends up being a bullpen piece that can help. There are several guys, I mean, even first-round pick Sam Bachman, I mean, I don't know what the Angels ultimately do there. And you have Kai Bush right after that. That was the second-round pick. All these players could have an impact in a variety of ways. It doesn't necessarily need to be in the starting rotation, but it could be next season they have some kind of a role. There is internal help pitching-wise on the way. And just take a step back and you think, okay, you got the lineup figured out. You you feel good at the lineup. The the Angels healthy can swing the bats. And I like the bench. You know, I I like the goose. I like Jackie Mayfield. Juan Lagares has been good off the bench. I mean, there's things to like there. And I just think that when you look at the, the offensive ability of this team and the pitching potential, you go get a couple more pieces. You go add to this rotation, and, and it might not necessarily be in free agency. There's a couple arms in free agency that could be difference makers, but you might end up having to trade somebody that's either big league level, big league ready, or close to big league ready. That maybe is at a higher level than minor leagues that you might have to trade to go get very good starting pitching. And the Angels are in a position right now they probably got to at least consider some of those things. It'll be interesting to see what Perry Manassian ends up doing with this Angels group this offseason. Because shortstop's got to get figured out, and obviously the pitching has to get figured out. And then we also learned that the bullpen can't be just one guy. Rysel Iglesias has been about as good as you could be as a closer for the Angels this year. It really can't get much better than what Rysel Iglesias has done at the end of games for the Angels. But he's got to have help. He's got to not be in situations where he has to be your setup man and your closer. The Angels have to find bullpen help for 2022. We talked about this after 2020. Perry Manassian brings back one reliever from 2020. Complete reset. Get everybody new in. A couple guys you've seen some promise. Other guys, less so. So you make changes. Then you go to 2022 knowing that the M.O. for Angels baseball, at least for what Perry Manassian is trying to do here, is about pitching, pitching, and pitching. We've had Perry on. We've talked with him. The Angels want to be known for being an organization that produces pitching talent. And they have gone all in on doing so to set themselves up for the next decade plus, as long as they continue this path, to be able to have great pitchers. They have to develop them. You know, we talk about draft and develop. The Angels have done the drafting part. Now it's time for the developing part and how that is all going to come into fruition. I do feel that there are some names here that can have a real impact, but it also means that there might have to be some tough decisions made this offseason. Maybe some players that have been here at the big league level that you might like. You might think they're pretty good that the Angels might have to trade away to be able to bring in something else that's going to really help this pitching rotation. And I don't know that there is a right answer to this. You know, you look at what the San Diego Padres did last year and all the money they spent and all the chips that they moved to get Snell and Clevenger and, 
You know, Darvish before that. And when you look at what those pitchers have brought to the Padres, it has not been all it was cracked up to be when the trades happened. You know, San Diego might have won this past offseason, and they're struggling here down the stretch. They have not pitched nearly as well as many people thought they might. And then you look at the San Francisco Giants, and a lot of their moves were pretty similar to the moves the Angels made in who they were acquiring and the kind of contracts they were on and how they went about all of those things. Yet the San Francisco Giants have already clinched the playoff spot. You know, when you take flyers on one-year deals, I don't know that flyer necessarily is the right term, but, you know, when you take somebody on a one-year contract, you're essentially rolling the dice. You are taking a chance. And for the Giants, they've hit more than what has worked out for the Angels. That's the reality of what has happened. So it's not an easy answer. It's fun to sit here and look back, but there was nobody this past offseason that was saying the Padres had a terrible offseason and the Giants had a great one. There were plenty of people saying the opposite, the opposite of that, going the other way on that. So I just think that that is something that I've kind of noticed. But we have learned a handful of things here in 2021. And my biggest takeaway from what I have seen from this Angels team is I think we're also seeing a culture shift happen. It does not happen overnight. But the way these Angels compete, the fight, what Joe Madden's trying to put together here, I think we're seeing all of those things starting to come together for the Angels. And I do think that having a full offseason, having a reset, full spring training in 2021, I think more of those things can continue to come together for the Joe Madden way, the culture that Joe is trying to bring to Angels baseball, the Angels brand of baseball. I think we're going to see that come back even more so next year because we've already seen the start of it. And again, you can't just flip a switch and let it happen overnight. you got to work towards it. And this Angels organization has done that. So for me, I'm optimistic about what's to come on that front. I do see lots of promise there. I really do. You see a lineup that's got a ton of talent when healthy. You see pitching that needs help. And you also see a system that might be sending some help coming up very soon. Maybe guys already here. And a great culture that Joe Madden is putting together. I mean, seriously, I can't wait for 2021 to end because I can't wait for 2022 to start. I feel pretty good about the direction the Angels are going in. Nobody wants to be in September where the games are having no impact on the playoff race, at least from the Angels' perspective. Nobody wants that. That's not ideal. You guys, you know, you're diehard fans listening to this podcast, locked in every single week, every single day on Angels baseball. You guys want to see the Angels compete for a spot in the playoffs and not just compete for a spot. Get there and compete in October. That's what everyone wants to see. And the Angels have the core pieces to be able to do it. It's just got to come together. The injury bug ends up being a massive storyline in the 2021 season. Maybe the the number two story behind Shohei Otani putting together maybe the greatest season we've ever seen. Certainly the best season I've ever seen. And I can't think of another year particularly close. So yes, Shohei Otani is the MVP. And yes, Shohei Otani is real. That was no certainty 
when this season began. Shifting gears for just a moment, I, I did want to talk about this as far as Roberto Clemente Day across Major League Baseball. Uh, this is the 20th annual Roberto Clemente Day, uh, which was uh, really created to honor the late Hall of Famer's humanitarian legacy. It's not, not just about him as a great player, but as a humanitarian. And from this day forward, September 15th will be forever known as Roberto Clemente Day because beginning uh, basically, with this Roberto Clemente Day, MLB clubs are going to honor their nominees for the prestigious Roberto Clemente Award, which recognizes major league players for their philanthropic efforts throughout their communities. Of course, for more information on this, you go to MLB.com slash Clemente21. All the players and coaches from the Pirates are going to wear number 21 on their uniforms. And then, this is new just here in 2021, uh, we saw... Uh, Miguel Cabrera do this is that if you have won the Clemente Award before or you're a nominee, you can wear the number 21 on your uniform. That That's pretty cool. That's new this season. And the Angels Clemente Award nominee is Mike Trout. We spend so much time talking about Mike Trout, the player, and how talented he is and what he does on the field. I think in some respects, we may take for granted just what he means to Angels baseball in the community and the job he does. In fact, this past weekend here at Angels Baseball, the Angels had a Angels Clemente Clinic. It was presented by Nike where kids got instruction, a plastic bat and ball set, and uh, some lunch from Jersey Mike's. They were here at Angel Stadium. Uh, All the kids out on the field. It was really cool to see Mike Trout spend so much time with kids and he's always there to you know give advice to take photos and he, he basically went on that road trip a couple of weeks ago to be there at the Little League World Series to spend time giving back and talking to those kids that's who Mike Trout is and I think that it's pretty neat uh, that uh, of all people being such a great player and talent that he is um, he is the Angels Clemente Award nominee it's very fitting. I mean, when, when you got people like, like Mike Trout and then, you know, David Fletcher gets the Heart and Hustle Award, is, is the nominee for the Angels for the Heart and Hustle Award. And, and obviously, Shohei Otani means so much to so many countries. Um, it's really fascinating to see uh, just the, the amount of good people and the good work that is done uh, from Angels baseball and Trouty being at the forefront of that. I think it's really special. So I just wanted to take a moment uh, to say that. All right. One more homestand coming up and get started on Friday. The Angels will be set to take on the Oakland A's, and it's four with Houston before they wrap up the home portion of the schedule this year with three games against the Seattle Mariners coming up the following weekend. Then it stops in Texas and Seattle, and then just like that, 2021 is over. Kind of crazy. In some ways, it feels like it's been a long season. In some ways, it feels like we just got started. I know this much. No matter how many games the Angels end up winning or losing, there's been a lot of fun that's happened with this Angels Club this year. Watching Shohei Otani has been historic, and I truly believe the pieces are in place for hope in 2022. I know you guys feel that as well. All right, have a great rest of your day. My name is Trent Rush. Thanks for listening. This has been the Angels Recap Podcast. Take care, everybody. Okay. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 